0: (laughs)
1: And
0: now, the starting
2: lineup for Inside the 90041 Division. At point guard, the man that keeps everything moving, Matt. The man in the middle, he goes by stat man, Mark. At forward, they call
1: him the commish, Eric.
2: are back and it is playoff time week what is
0: up everybody god it's good to be back
2: it's good to be back the tension is high the nipples are hard uh it's playoff time and it it just everything means a little more the stakes are higher uh speaking of nipples aaron's not joining us tonight I was it's gonna just say you, Mike. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say you. we're
0: we're missing an angelic voice in this uh, trio we <laughs> have going on.
2: Well, he is uh, hobnobbing it up at a ritzy Hollywood holiday party, drinking, you know, drinking martinis, and out there, you know, at there rubbing elbows with the stars.
0: He's a uh, he's drinking a Belvedere. Uh, Belvedere dirty martini at Maestros mm. or Maestros to be specific.
2: Believe it's Mastros. Uh, oh, <laughs> Way to a minute. A poorer such it. as yourself would uh would never <laughs> would never know how to pronounce that. You wouldn't even be allowed in there, Mike. Let's,
0: then, let's, very be honest. let's no be honest. Uh, no shoes, no socks, <laughs> no service.
2: But uh yeah, no no Aaron tonight, no commish, but we're going to we're gonna forge ahead like like one of the great Patriots, one of the great newsmen of our time once said, Bill O'Reilly, fuck it, we'll do it live. So we're, we're just going to do it live, okay. Mike. Let's just like, do I it.
0: Just, I, I didn't know Bill O'Reilly played for the Patriots. <laughs> he
2: did. <laughs> he was offensive coordinator. He's with Alabama oh, got now. Nice. Uh, we, got, we still have an action-packed show, obviously, week one of the playoffs. It's going to be intense. We have a brand new sponsor who we cannot wait to have you hear from mike joe ginger uh, what can you say i mean i didn't think we'd ever get this one
0: it's not much you can say we've been looking for uh for this sponsor for for months now and it finally came through thank goodness
2: absolutely absolutely can't wait to uh have you all hear from joe ginger a little bit later uh but before we get into that uh, you mentioned mike aaron is uh is over there he's somewhere maestros 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 who knows what it's called denny's
0: he might be at denny's denny's
2: over there sipping a belvedere dirty martini sounds delicious uh what i've got here on my table i'm going back to the well i'm going back to the eggnog i got about three bottles of kirkland eggnog in the cabinet that i'm gonna have to get through and What better time than tonight? So I got some eggnog. I got a couple cans of Coors here that might or might not get opened over the course of the show. What are you sipping on over there, Mikey?
0: Oh, man. I got a good one. Listen to this. Now, you Mm. might think that's a can of beer. It's not. It's a No Way Rose canned wine. Keeping it classy today. My God. Are you serious? Oh, hmm. dead serious. And that is really disgusting.
2: (laughs) Well, keep slurping, buddy. It'll taste better. That's my motto in life. Just keep (laughs) slurping. It'll taste better.
0: I like that motto.
2: With that being said, let's not waste any time. Let's jump right into the week 14 recap. Now, Mike, as everyone knows, this is usually the segment that Aaron captains. It's it's mm -hmm. the recap. He does his thing. As we said, Aaron's not here. So look, we're going to do our best Aaron impression tonight. We're going to do our best impersonation. We're going to try our best for all of our listeners out there. In fact, Mike has taken it so far. He's actually pinching his nipples together right now to make (laughs) them appear smaller, just to keep, just to make the, and Mike, (laughs) I know that you're trying to like, get into the character of him, but you don't have to pinch him that hard. That's getting, that's kind of bordering on something strange going on there.
0: It's actually really funny. After you said that, I actually went and pinched my nipples. (laughs) I don't know why. I said, people can see me. I don't know why I did that.
2: I'm sure you do it at least 20 times throughout the day, but
0: yeah, well,
2: (laughs) but yeah, we're, you know, we'll do our best here. We'll do our best. Mike's getting into character over there, but Mike, Noah's daddy, Mm. the beast, whatever, whatever you call yourselves these days. I, I think it's only fitting that, that we start with your matchup, the Gaston father, part two, taking on the artist formerly known as Noah's daddy. The Beast. Yes. <clears throat> now, coming into the weekend, this was an important matchup for both teams with a playoff spot essentially hanging in the balance before they would know the outcome of Ram Holmes' matchup. Now, we have to be honest here. It seemed like a little bit of an insurmountable feat for little Mikey to make the playoffs. I mean, his team was decimated with injuries. He had lost... What, five straight matchups, four straight matchups? Who's counting? But it was somewhere in that ballpark. I think it was five straight matchups. How the hell was he going to pull this off? Well, it reminded me quite a bit of the true story of Daniel Rudy Rudiger, whose life was turned into an autobiographical sports film called Rudy, released in 1993 and directed by (laughs) David Anspa, starring Sean Astin, Ned Beatty, and Charles S. Dutton. Now, all Rudy Rudiger wanted to do his whole life was to grow up and play football for Notre Dame, despite all the physical and financial limitations that made that dream seem like an impossibility. Yes, there are many parallels that we can draw to our own little Rudy Rosenberg. He had big dreams. Just like all young Jewish boys in Los Angeles, he, he wanted to grow up to play football for the Fighting Irish. But even more than that, his biggest dream, his craziest dream, the one that kept him awake every night, was his dream to advance to the playoffs of the nine zero zero four one division. Now, as I said, seemed like a monumental task. All of us who know little Rudy Rosenberg can attest to the fact that, look, uh, he he's not the biggest. He's not the fastest, um, he's not the best looking, he's not the most athletic, he's not the best dressed, he's not the funniest, and he's definitely not the smartest. (laughs) Um, Of course, it didn't help that he constantly lived in the shadow of his taller, better looking, smarter cousin, Anthony. But what Rudy Rosenberg lacked in all those many, many, many qualities, he made up for he made up for in moxie and heart and grit and determination and that never-say-die attitude to succeed against all odds. And Rudy Rosenberg knew if he just got one shot, one opportunity, he could make the most of it. So the stage was set. It was Sunday, December 11th. The stadium was packed with raucous fans watching. The Fighting Irish take on Meatballs University. The winner is guaranteed a playoff spot. Just getting to this point was a feat in and of itself. But certainly, I mean, look at look at his roster. The dream would end here, right? There was no way the coach would call Rudy Rosenberg's number to get in the game and earn himself a playoff spot. But But just when it seemed like the dream was dead, an audible chant... Began on the sideline and spread throughout all the fans in attendance. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. I've got to
1: tell you, it's just occurred to me what the student body has been chanting for the last two or three minutes. It's the name Rudy. Dan Rudy, a war born senior, subject of a future article in yesterday's student newspaper, The Observer. After toiling years and partying right. Go get it again!
2: Ah, oh, that scene always gets me fired up. It so makes good. me ready to take the field. I love when the brother says, he's so little. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. To the delight of the crowd, the coach finally called on little Rudy Rosenberg. And he strapped on his helmet and he ran onto the field. And despite all of his obvious limitations, physically, mentally, and sexually, he <laughs> made the most of his opportunity, churning out 33 points from Evan Ingram. 12 from Debo Samuel and 11 from Cameron Dicker. It wasn't much, which is the story of Rudy Rosenberg's life, but it was just (laughs) enough to take down a paltry 69 point showing from meatballs university and guarantee Rudy Rosenberg a spot in the playoffs. So take a bow, Rudy. Sure. Tomorrow you'll wake up and you'll still be undersized and slightly overweight, but you know, there's a sign in the locker room. There's a sign in the locker room in South Bend that every Notre Dame player touches as they head onto the field. And it simply says, play like a champion today. For one shining moment, Rudy Rosenberg, <laughs> you put that uniform on and you played like a champion. And we'll see you in the playoffs, buddy. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy.
0: Rudy. Dude, that's so good. Oh, man. So good. I'm impressed. You earned it. Um, you yeah. earned it. Well, I mean, what else can I say about this matchup? By the way, God, do I want to watch that movie again tonight naked by well, come over. I come mean, on we over. can do that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really incredible job there, Matt. Uh, you really channeled Aaron, and that was very inspirational. And that, that is how I felt. Um, and I am overweight and undersized and <laughs> all the things that you mentioned. Uh, so thank you for reminding me of that over and over <laughs> again throughout that spiel uh the story so great yeah look i'm just happy to be here man i didn't think i had a chance you guys had tony on last week talking a lot of shit uh and i just kind of kept my shit talking to myself a little bit and i just allowed my uh i allowed myself to prevail on the field and i did i mean i scored a a ton of fucking no i didn't score a ton of fucking points Uh -uh, i uh you know had no injury no i did have a lot of injuries he really, mm-hmm. his, his team really screwed the pooch and that's how I got in, but I'm happy to be here. So yeah, moving on. What do we have next, Matt?
2: Well, next up was kind of the other key component to this one. Uh, the next matchup we have is going to be Ram at home versus multiple score Now, as we said, a lot was riding on this one in many ways. It was the key matchup of the week. If Ram at home lost, then the outcome of this one was going to render the beast and the Gaston father part 2's matchup more or less useless because both teams would advance to the playoffs. Obviously you want to win to get in. You want to assure yourself of the correct seating, but either way, if Ram at home were to lose, you guys both make the playoffs. If he wins, he's in. And would you believe that that is exactly what happened? Would you believe that Officer Scorgasms, one of our finest police officers in the state of California, sworn to serve and protect, did just that. Protecting Mike and Tony's championship aspirations while taking reckless criminal compost off the streets. Now, Mike, you may or may not know that all police interactions are actually public record. They can be they can be publicly accessed by people in the media, uh, which we are as mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. as a major podcast. And in fact, what I took the liberty of doing was putting in a put a, putting in a Freedom of Information Act request to obtain exclusive dash cam audio of just what went down when Officer Scorgasms stopped and took down that dastardly criminal compost. And I'm going to play that for you right now. This is an exclusive to Inside the 90041 Division. Yeah, uh, we got one in the vehicle, adult male, slightly husky, wearing a Dodgers cap. I can't tell if he's white or Mexican, uh, but I'm seeing some possible Cholo affiliations. I'm 10 I'm going to ask him a few questions. License and
0: registration, pal. Here you go, sir. I'm sorry. I didn't see any speed limit signs.
2: Oh, is that so? Okay, alright. Christopher Campos. And who's your date there next to you?
0: Oh, uh, that's my, uh, friend, Tua. Tua Tagovailoa. Friend? Uh-huh. And, uh, where are you boys heading tonight? Well, officer, we're actually on our way to the playoffs. The playoffs, huh? Driving like that? Was I swerving? I'm sorry, sir. It's the last week of the regular season, and we're just, uh, you know, understandably a little excited to get there. I bet. You boys been drinking tonight? No more than the usual. Officer, just had a couple beers.
2: Couple beers, huh? Hmm. Look at this car. This this thing's a piece of shit. Is Is this even street legal?
0: Oh, I'm so sorry, sir. I, I, I know I need to get this into the shop.
2: I mean, your damn front left headlight is out. Probably explains why you couldn't see the sign you just blew past that said 0.70. That's how many points your starting running back Tony Jones Jr. scored this week.
0: 0.70 points, you say? Oh, God. You're right. I didn't even see that.
2: Yeah, and... Hey, what? what's that sound? You... You got someone else in the car? Oh, no, no, no way. Pop pop that trunk for me, punk. Is that you got Tre, Trevor Lawrence in your trunk? What
0: the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, uh, yeah, um, he, he's my backup. And, you know, in case things don't go well with Tua tonight. But Tua promised he would take care of me.
2: Take care of you, uh huh? Well, you know what would have taken care of you? That pretty blonde you got tied up in the trunk over here who scored 39.42 fantasy points and was QB1 on the week. What head were you thinking with when you made that decision?
0: This is so embarrassing. (laughs) Am I under arrest? Does this mean I'm not going to the playoffs?
2: Well, you're not going to the playoffs, but it is your lucky day. Now, my shift ends here in about five minutes. Otherwise, I'd I'd have to book you on human trafficking charges. But for now, here's a fix-it ticket. Why don't you go get that headlight taken care of, clean out that trunk. And next time you come into town, maybe we can let you in the playoffs.
0: I understand. Thank you for letting me off so easy tonight, officer. I promise I won't make this mistake again.
2: Wow. Talk about scared straight. I mean, Unbelievable. That's <laughs> I felt like I was in the vehicle with him. Um hopefully he won't make that mistake again. But kudos to Officer Scorgasms for keeping our streets safe, for pulling off a 131 to 84 victory, knocking Ram at home out of the playoffs. Officer Scorgasms had a huge 32-point game from Jared Goff, 28 points from Miles Sanders. Finishing his regular season strong
0: and knocking off Ram at home, Mike. What were your takeaways from this one? Uh, yeah, I still can't believe you were able to pull that audio, man. That's incredible. You uh, you get a lot of uh, you got a, a lot of connections out there. Uh, well, this pull great strings, great to hear. And and I'll tell you, it makes a lot more sense now why uh, Trevor Lawrence was sitting on his bench. I was obviously paying a lot of a lot of attention to this matchup because I didn't think I had a chance uh, against Tony. But I also wasn't thinking that I was gonna channel Rudy Rudiger, but apparently I did. So uh, it started to look like I had a better shot getting into playoffs if uh, with Ram at Holmes matchup against multiple scoregasms. And like you said, he had a lot of guys going off, uh, and also a lot of guys getting off. And huh? Ramat Holmes just just couldn't do it, man. But let me tell you, speaking of getting off, uh, oh. I wanted to I wanted to you know use that as a segue to get into the next matchup: okay. uh, Zane versus Ozzy. Or should I say Zane with Ozzy? Because Versus has such an aggressive tone to it. And as we all know, Zayn and Ozzy are anything but aggressive with each other. But just like any other microdosing, burning man, loving, liberal cuck with a, love for, <laughs> with a love for good vibes, friendship is everything. And I imagine this is what Zayn and Ozzy were chanting going into this match- matchup. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three
1: best friends that anyone could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. And we'll never, ever, 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 ever leave each other. We're the best three friends that anybody could have. I mean, the three best friends that
0: anybody could have. That friend, that friend. Oh, God, we are the three best friends that anyone could have. What, what do you mean? There's only two people. What, who's the third person? Oh, I know who that third person is. Oh, you take Travis Kelsey. No, 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 no. You take Travis Kelsey. No, no, no. You're my friend. You take Travis Kelsey. Oh, God. They are the bestest of friends that one could ever have. Oh, geez. The Zayn and Ozzy matchup. I don't think there's anything else to say, but Matt, did you have a couple thoughts on this? (laughs) That's
2: great. No. Well, yeah. I I just, look... uh, a Socratic seminar is on fire right now. He's He's got a strong roster um, and he's his team is clicking. I mean, not much you could say about that. I do just want to say briefly, um, you know, in our, in our uh, league text thread on Sunday, he mentioned uh, or he asked, I'm assuming a rhetorical question, how did Matt get a first round buy? <laughs> he's brought that up a couple times in the last couple weeks unprovoked. I'm just here trying to enjoy my 10-win season. Me and my lovely wife are taking a little vacation for my bye week. Uh, I'm going to be going to Cabo. uh, Just, you know, trying to just enjoy life. And he keeps bringing it up. It's like, enough already. So, so I, I, yeah, so I, I, but he's got a good point. You know, why does Matt get the, get the second seed? Why does he get the bye? Um Ozzy's obviously got a strong team. Socratic Seminar's team is is stacked. So I, I have and obviously it's contingent on the commissioner stretching the rules a bit and he's not here to to answer to this, but I have a bit of an offer that I think is gonna make everybody happy. It's gonna hmm. be completely fair. Uh I will I will take two of my victories and my first round buy and I will trade it to Socratic Seminar for a third round pick. Oh, does does that sound shit. fair? Actually that way he gets his well deserved first round by and I get my third round pick in the draft. I I'm just throwing it, it out there. I we'll let the commissioner it. decide. We'll let the commissioner decide. But that's will, all will, I got on this one.
0: Will you will you take Ellen Robinson?
2: Absolutely. He is gonna okay. be actually well I'm gonna take him probably in the second round. But yeah, I mean okay. if if something happens and he's still there in the third,
0: absolutely. Oh God. Well, listen, talking about uh getting your first round by we are going to talk a little bit about your matchup, Matt, mm. versus Eddie Royale with cheese. And this matchup uh, had some important implications for Matt, at least. Despite being absolutely dead last in points in the entire league, this motherfucker was one win away from a first round buy. The odds were not in his favor this year. But you know what they say? It's better to be lucky than it is to be good. <laughs> this reminds me of that wonderful flick released in 1994 titled It Could Happen to You, starring Nicolas Cage, Bridget Fonda, and Rosie Perez, written by Jane Anderson and directed by Andrew Bergman. Charlie Lang, played by Nick Cage, is a New York City cop who finds himself so broke, he doesn't have the money to tip his waitress, Yvonne, played by Bridget Fonda. So he offers her half the winnings of a lottery ticket, whose numbers are being drawn that evening. Lo and behold, that ticket wins a whopping $4 million. Congratulations, Matt. I mean, Nick Cage. True to his word, he splits his winnings with Yvonne. Naturally, this infuriates Charlie Lang's wife, played by Rosie Perez. And she spends the rest of this flick scheming to take all of the money. Obviously, Matt is Charlie Lang in this scenario. And the rest of the league is poor Rosie Perez's character. We're all out to get you, Matt. But who is Bridget Fonda's character in this scenario? Hmm. Who benefits to the tune of half his winnings for simply looking hot in a skirt while serving shitty diner food. Matt, I'm wearing a skirt, but that's nothing new. It is Wednesday, right? (laughs) But on the air right now, can you promise that if you win this year, can I be your sexy waitress you choose to split the winnings with?
2: I will not split the winnings with you, but I will make you do the splits in front of me in that skirt.
0: (laughs) You got it, man. How about that? I like it. I like it. What what do you uh what do you have to say for yourself in this matchup that you cared a little bit about?
2: I cared a little bit about. Yeah, I mean, I 118 points, probably the most I've scored all year. But uh it's there's nothing there's no black magic involved here. It's just it's just good hard work the American way. Putting the best lineup out that I can every single week, chugging along, doing my best like any red-blooded American out there would do clocking in every day punching in I'm just doing my best and that's really all i can do um but yeah it feels good to get the buy obviously and as i look at you sitting there tweaking your nipples in that skirt um mm, mm, mm. i'm starting to actually reconsider i i i may <laughs> yes. split the winnings with you let's we'll talk about it off the air but, okay fair enough. but uh but you know talking about me and how i've won all these matchups and supposed you know black magic and secrets all this stuff it it actually brings us to our next matchup jean-claude van ram versus truffle shuff now and it it is truffle shuff not truffle shuffle by the way just just you know i i've been mispronouncing it this whole time now, Truffle Shuff had an outside shot at the number two seed with a win here, but they needed some help from me and Ozzy losing, which obviously we both have powerhouse teams. Neither one of us were going to lose. <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Ram, however, already had the number one seed locked up. Now, you know what's interesting, Mike? It hmm. was Jean-Claude Van Ram himself who originally stated and it was accurate, I may add, that I was dabbling in the dark arts, perhaps even sipping on the devil's semen to secure victory after victory. But, you know, after the last couple of weeks, I'm starting to wonder if Aaron was actually playing a little game of deflection.
0: Interesting. Maybe
2: he's the one that we should really be worried about. Kind of makes me think of the 22nd episode in the first season of The Twilight Zone, titled The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. This episode written by Rod Serling originally aired on March 5th, 1960 and stars Claude Atkins, Barry Atwater, Jack Weston and Burt Metcalf. Now I realize some of you young whippersnappers out there might have no fucking idea what I'm talking about, but this is <laughs> one of my favorite this is one of my favorite television shows. And this episode centers on a beautiful suburban neighborhood called Maple Street. Oops, I mean 90041 Street. It's another quiet afternoon on 90041 Street when all of a sudden a shadow passes overhead and is accompanied by a loud crash and a flash of light. Residents all come out of their houses and soon discover that all power in the neighborhood is out. Lights won't turn on, cars and lawnmowers won't start, nothing works. One of the boys in the neighborhood, Tommy, claims he's read a story of alien invasions that have caused similar issues and says that the monsters or the aliens don't want anyone to leave the street. Tommy goes on to say that in the story, the aliens are living as a family that appears to be human, but they're actually aliens. And the power outage they cause is meant to isolate the neighborhood from the rest of the world while the aliens scout their prey. Now, as night falls, panic ensues. One resident named Charlie, I mean, Charon, is getting increasingly paranoid. Charon begins pointing the finger at anyone and everyone. It's him. He's the alien. He's the one drinking double semen. He won a matchup by scoring 66 points, for God's sake. What kind of black magic is he dealing in? No, wait. It's, it's this other guy. The one who got Travis Kelsey for Alan Robinson. He's the one dealing in the dark arts. Aaron was so frantic that he even shoots and kills one of the residents he suspects of being the alien. But then all of a sudden in the episode, the living room lamp inside of Aaron's house turns on. Soon all the lights in his house turn back on. Why is Cha'Aaron's house the only one on the neighborhood that has power? The residents of 90041 Street are starting to get suspicious. Look!
1: Charlie? Charlie, the lights just went on in your house. Why did the lights go on in your house? What about it, Charlie? How come you're the only one with lights now? That's what I'd like to know. You were so quick to kill, Charlie, and so quick to tell us who we had to look out for. Well, maybe you had to kill. Maybe Pete there was trying to tell us something. Maybe Pete learned something and came back to tell us who it was amongst us we had to look out for. No, no, it's nothing of the sort. I didn't know the light on, I swear I didn't. Somebody's pulling a gag or something. A gag, a gag? Charlie, there's a man lying dead in the street and you killed him, does that look like a gag to you?
2: it's a little unsettling it's a little unsettling (laughs) but with so much light coming from jaren's house of course the only one on the street with lights we start to see the truth 25 points from someone named brock purdy who the fuck (laughs) a jameson williams spot start where he gets one catch that he happens to score a touchdown on in broken coverage and his opponent truffle scores their lowest point total since week three this on the heels of jean-claude van ram clinching the number one seed last week with a with a victory over a kelsey list melting smiley emoji and finding a way to beat Noah's daddy two weeks ago despite 0.30 points from Travis Etienne. It was Sharon all along, wasn't it? Just exactly what kind of witchcraft is he really engaged in down there in that backyard shed, or should we call it the Twilight Shed? Wow
0: what are your thoughts on this mike i mean first and foremost if you don't mind can we actually just spend the rest of the podcast listening listening to your twilight zone collection because it's amazing it's amazing oh one of my favorite shows (laughs) yeah you you touched on the only thing i was going to talk about was this uh (laughs) bronc purdy i don't know who he is but everyone keeps talking about how purdy his balls are um anyways look (laughs) sorry i'll stop yeah I, I I gave zero shit. I give zero fucks about this matchup just because the seating was pretty much already set. um but you did say something previous about aliens disguised as humans, which leads me to want to talk about the next matchup uh oh. Patriot games versus hungry hungry hippos, porks, baby beluga, and the big blue whale. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go ike started the likes of joe burrell jerry judy and jarek mckinnon scoring 21 29 and 28 points strong performances for any manager ike apparently loves the letter j perhaps because of his obsession with the jewish people on the flip side hamburger papusa Bulls started kyler murray who gets knocked out of the of the game after scoring just 0.66 points Kenyon drake bringing 1.2 points and to the top it all off he starts mike boondock saints speaking of boondock saints gerard parks who played the bartender in this amazing flick released in 1999, starring Sean Patrick Flannery, Willem Dafoe and Norman Reedus would like to leave Danny with some parting words. Why did not you make like a tree and get the fuck out of here. Matt, what do you think about this matchup?
2: I think that I'm just, I'm just, I'm just so impressed with Patriot games. I'm so impressed with Ike. Um, not just his arms, not just his muscles, um, but actually his, his his fantasy football team too. You know he's, he he mm. he had a fire sale. He he reloaded on draft picks and he traded away some talent. And it seemed like he was just, you know, the season was over. He was doing the right thing. He was kind of looking ahead to next year. But he, like we keep talking about, he is just setting the lineup, fucking people shit up every week, ruining people's hopes and dreams uh and i am proud of him in that team he i mean he was a point away from the high score of the week so kudos to him and next time i see him i'm going to treat him to a, to an all he can eat 7-eleven buffet i hear he <laughs> likes that sort of thing i hear he loves 7-eleven so uh yeah kudos to him huge huge victory and uh That does it for our Week 14 Recap. I think we did a pretty good job,
0: Mike. I think Mm -hmm. we did okay.
2: Yeah. Well, speaking of people who didn't do good jobs, let's get into the rotting carcass of the week.
1: Then This was horrible. All the people started getting sick and throwing up all over each other.
2: The rotting carcass of the week. Let's get it going and... Even though he's he's uh, tossing back martinis over at Maestro, Mastro, Mastro's right now, <laughs> uh, uh, we did get a rotting carcass from Aaron Travis. He, on our show document, he wrote, Travis Etienne, kill me. I don't know <laughs> if he's asking Travis Etienne to kill him or if he's just kind of saying that out into the universe, uh, but easy to see why, 3.20 points, uh, despite... Uh, but despite that, he was still able to, obviously, as, as we talked about, get the one sixteen ninety four victory over Truffle Chef. Uh, Mike, who is your
0: rotting carcass of the week? Oh man, my rotting carcass of the week might surprise you, since he doesn't play football. Uh, but his name is Jackson Mahomes. You guys know him from TikTok. Uh, and what I wanted to talk about is—I don't know if you guys saw this—but there's a, a little uh, a snippet here from Travis Kelsey talking about uh finally getting the chance to meet russell wilson this last sunday and i was uh i can't do this justice by not just saying it verbatim i'm gonna read what travis kelsey says Uh i got a chance to meet Russ before the game nice enough guy but there's an ever-present stepdad who tries to hard cringe that permeates the air around him he asked me if i thought people who watch harry potter were going to hell when I laughed and told him I didn't know, he asked, he asked me who my favorite Harry Potter character was. I replied, Hagrid, and he told me he'd be praying for me. He had a lot of nervous energy like a theater kid recording a TikTok movie monologue. His voice kept shifting accents while we talked, like a computer that was trying to sync up with my voice. I don't know. Seemed like a dude who would hang out with Patrick's brother. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Listen, we all know how bad Russell Wilson is. But I kind of fucking feel bad for Jackson Mahomes. But at the same time, Travis Kelsey has got some intel. If he really feels like Jackson Mahomes is the kind of guy that you would find hanging out with Russell Wilson, need I say more? Jackson Mahomes, you are the rotting carcass of the week,
2: man. Who's yours? I go. I don't know, man. Um, I've, se- I've I've. I've. Um, I've watched several of Jackson Mahomes' TikToks, and. Uh, I can just say that I would love to share a danger witch with him. I, I'd love to share a three-way danger witch with him and Russell Wilson. Uh,
0: some, <laughs> Listen, some, d- d- drinking his t- d- drinking his TikTok semen aside, what do you actually think about the guy?
2: <laughs> that's really the only thought I have. Actually, that, that, that's it. Really,
0: we all we uh, all have that
2: thought. Um, for for my riding carcass, I'm gonna go with Oakland. Oh, I almost said Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels. What what a rough. What a rough year for this guy. I mean, it's life isn't easy once you stop sucking on the teat of Bill Belichick, <laughs> and that's a big teat. That's a big teat, from what I've heard. But I mean, you, look, this guy, this guy loses. It he loses to Jeff Saturday in his first ever head coaching job uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. Loses to them if that's not embarrassing enough that's not embarrassing enough he comes out last week and he loses to baker mayfield and the baker mayfield the guy from the commercials from all those different state farm commercials that guy he's playing quarterback now when did that start happening but uh my god and the impact on fantasy football of course is as you all you know as you know too well mike uh or should i say rudy Derek Carr stunk up the joint. They barely threw the ball in that game. Your opponent Tony had Devonte Adams three for seventy-one in the first half. No targets in the second half. Total shit show for fantasy crazy. football. Just Josh crazy. McDaniels has got to be the worst coach in the NFL right now. So um, he can go fuck himself. And he's my running carcass of the week. Mm. With that being said, this is kind of this is where we have to get a little somber. This is always a tough one, but. We started this we started this segment last week and we have one more one more fallen soldier to add to our list. Of course, we're calling it the fallen and it's just a quick tribute to all of our all of our league mates whose seasons have come to an end and it could have very easily been you in this position, Mike. We could have been talking have been. to you yeah. or talking talking to you and also talking about you. But this week it is it is our good friend Christopher Campos whose season came to an end a little sooner than he was hoping some key some key pickups over the course of the season like Tua didn't come through for him in the end but Chris Campos we salute you because despite the season not ending the way you wanted you served a much greater purpose this year. You contributed to the intro, to the outro, to the, to the sponsors for this podcast. And really some would say that's more important than winning the fantasy football league. Many people would actually say that. So don't, don't get down on yourself. What it's all about is the friends you've made along the way. Compost, Ram at home. We salute you.
0: Very true. It was Sunday at 9.56am. Aaron texts a group chat. Good luck on week 14, gentlemen. Except Joe. I text a group chat. And except Campos. And except Tony. At 9.58am, Campos texts. Yeah, fuck you too, Mike. (laughs) Salute, Campos. You can fuck me anytime, my friend. (laughs) We salute you.
2: oh that's always a tough one that's always it a is. tough one that's always a tough one
0: well glad it's not it me let's, <laughs> let's let's let's
2: let's kind of cheer up the vibe a little bit here let's let's get into the holiday you know the holiday mood let's get into our question of the week
1: excuse me i'd like to ask you a few questions And we
2: will get into a little bit of the seasonal, you know, seasonal vibes through with our question of the week. And, uh, look, I know we all love to put on Mariah Carey's Christmas album around this, this time of year. Some of us listen to it year round, but Mike, the question is, which manager in the, in the 90041 division would rather be at a Mariah Carey Christmas special rather than watching football? Who do you think?
0: Um, Guys, come on. I think the answer is pretty obvious. It's yours truly. It's me. I would rather go to a Mariah Carey Hanukkah Hanukkah special than watch football. With hits like Hero in 1993. I'll be there in 1994 and oh and and always be my baby in 1995 that is one of my favorites. Carrie has won 5 Grammy awards, 19 World Music Awards, 10 American Music Awards, 15 Billboard Music Awards and 8 Guinness World Records. 3 of those records were awarded to none none other than her Hanukkah classic All I Want for Hanukkah is You. Highest charting holiday uh, sorry, highest charting holidays song on the US Hot 100 chart by a solo artist, most streamed track on Spotify in 24 hours for a female artist, and most weeks in the UK Singles Top 10 chart for a Hanukkah song. So I answer this question with a question of my own. Who wouldn't rather be at a Mariah Carey Hanukkah special? Stop and
2: not just it's not just football stats wow it's it's mariah carey stats too that's very impressive i had no idea (laughs) about any of that so kudos for that i um ironically enough we didn't discuss this beforehand but mike i i also believe you're the most likely one (laughs) to uh the most likely manager in the league to be at a mariah carey christmas special than watching football now my I got to say, my reasoning is a little bit different, and I'll tell you why. Um, I've noticed a, let's call it a trend with you, Mike, or kind of Mm -hmm. a pattern with you. And I'm going to kind of lay it out here. And it started several episodes ago when we you know, we've been staring at this thing forever. We never saw who was on it or we never realized who was on it, but it all started with your little avatar on the league page that had Beyonce's <laughs> picture in there. and your obsession with Beyonce became clear at that point. And then in our league group chat about a week or two ago, you kept going on and on about Megan Markle, Megan, Markle oh, yeah. how beautiful <laughs> she is and all this other stuff. And you're watching a special and you're touching yourself and this and that. And now now we get to Mariah Carey. And those three women are all from the same demographic. They all have something in common, Mike. And I think you know what I'm talking about. And mm. we could call this, I don't know, call it a fetish if you want. Uh, but it's pretty obvious to anybody here that these three women, they're all celebrities. Oh. You, have a <laughs> you have a celebrity obsession, don't you, Mike? That's, that's what it is. is. You, you're yes. obsessed with female celebrities and it's getting a little weird but in this case i can't blame you i mean mariah carey's christmas songs are some of the greatest pieces hanukkah. of music ever recorded hanukkah i'm sorry hanukkah Hol- let's just say song. holiday yeah. song, holiday okay, hanukkah holiday
0: uh
2: are some of the greatest pieces of music ever recorded so i not only can i not blame you in fact i might be right there with you yes I might be I might be right there with you, hand in hand, singing these beautiful Christmas Hanukkah songs. So let's go. Let me know when she's let's in town. do
0: it. Let's do All it. I want for Hanukkah is you. <sighs> yeah, so what good, beautiful, right? Beautiful,
2: beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> well, the only thing that some. the teams still alive in the playoff hunt wanted with some key players off of waivers and so let's let's get quickly into our league news segment All right, well, we got the league news. Not not a ton Not a ton to really discuss here, um, but a few key moves, and obviously a lot of the you know playoff teams making moves here. The Gaston Father Part 2 uh, picks up Cole Komet, drops Noah Fant, picks up Pierre Strong, drops Damian Harris, picks up Tyler Algier. Oh, my God, Mike. Tyler, you dropped Tyler Algier. Oh, my God.
0: The last one in the past. I'm, huh? I'm shook. I'm I shook. I know.
2: Picks up Tyler Algier, drops Johnny Smith. Uh, the Beast, you picked up Elijah Moore for six dollars, dropped Michael Carter to waivers. Jean Claude Van Ram drops his boy Brock Purdy, picks up Jeff Driscoll, and picked up uh, he made a couple of uh, team defense pickups the Chargers and the Jaguars. I picked up Rex Burkhead. Um, that's about it. Anything. Anything you want to comment on there? Anything stand out to you, Mike?
0: Um, no, look, I, I sound like a narcissist talking about this, but the, the one that stands out to me is my own pickup with Elijah Moore. Oh, look, I God. feel comfortable. I know. I feel comfortable oh, dropping God. Michael Carter. I definitely think he's obviously droppable at this point. But Elijah Moore has, with Mike White, has come on very, very strong. And I think uh, there's a strong possibility I may end up playing this week. I have not made a decision yet, but I think he's good for... Uh, six, one, twelve, and one. Um, but we'll Ooh. see. We'll see. Uh, the rest of it. Look, I don't, I don't think there's anything like s- anything that like stands out. I am curious about, uh, Aaron's pickup with, uh, Driscoll. I looked at that guy because obviously the, the attractiveness of being able to play him in a tight end position or quarterback position is he actually playing? I know he had a game this last week, but I, I know I don't know enough about the guy. It seems like he's not necessarily set in a slot while he'll be throwing the ball much.
2: He, they did about 50-50 snaps uh, last week in the game against the Cowboys. He took about 50% of the snaps. So I, he's not the starter, but it's possible he gets some he gets some run at quarterback. Um, yeah. It's good insurance. Anyway, I, I f- almost put a dollar bid on him, and then I was looking for insurance for the Muth because Pat Fireman has got a little foot injury. So I was like either him or, or, you know, Taysom Hill. Maybe I could probably get Hill for free. So I just didn't, sure. you know, I didn't put a dollar in, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a good speculative ad anyway. See what they do this. You know, if he plays this week, then, you know, see what you do. I mean, he's got Mark Andrews, so it's not like he needs to start well, somebody else at tight end, but yeah, that's I mean, it's an interesting move.
0: But that's what I was going to mention is if, you know, how worried are you about Mark Andrews? Not to elongate this uh, this you, section. It's but the
2: first time you've ever elongated anything, so it's so fine. very true.
0: But Mark, <laughs> he's he's got to be worried about Mark Andrews. Like it, it was bad enough with Lamar Jackson, but Lamar Jackson out, and now Tyler Huntley may not even play. But even if Tyler Huntley does play, I, I wonder if he's actually considering benching Mark Andrews. I don't think see how you do that, but he's he's been putting up a uh, pretty putrid numbers lately
2: he has he has been yeah i don't uh i don't know it's i i wouldn't have i don't think i would have the gumption to uh to uh sit mark andrews i don't think i'd have the balls to do it just because i'd hate to have him on my bench when he goes off and i don't know even though he's been struggling i feel like he could go off with any quarterback i don't know if I don't think he's like dependent on Lamar, although it obviously helps to have Lamar. But yeah, it's an interesting idea. I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's an interesting idea for an upside play. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, that was my thinking behind Taysom Hill. Was just like, let me get some insurance for sure for for my tight end. He's got a high upside if I have to play him, and Traylon Burks is going to have a concussion for the rest of his life, apparently. So, no big <laughs> loss there. Uh, but that, yeah, so that should do it for the waivers. People are getting, getting their, getting their team situated for this week and beyond. And before we get into the beyond, Mike, we got to have all of our listeners listen to this great, great Mm. sponsor. We have Joe ginger. This guy (laughs) came through in a big way. Um, I know you, you have frequented, you know, his establishment for quite a while, Uh, And I have a feeling all of our listeners will too once they hear this. So, without further ado, folks, here's a couple words from our brand new sponsor, Joe Ginger.
1: My name is Joe Ginger, but my friends call me Gupta. And I'm proud to be the sponsor of the 90041 podcast. My business, Cowboys and the Indian, combines the best of Hollywood and Bollywood. If you love God, guns, and gays, you are assless chaps, you have a big hat with no cattle, You adorn a turban upon your head, and you have a dot square in the middle of your forehead, then I'm your guy. We sell the best homoerotic apparel for all your needs, such as the Urban Turban D711 from heaven. And of course, bootstraps, backstraps. Chin straps, we make the finest straps to keep on your turban or your cowboy hat, whatever you need. We've got everything east and west of the Mississippi for your shindig, your rodeo, and even your prearranged marriage and reception that mommy and dad sponsored and prepared for you. We got everything. So give me a call at one 800 polkadot dot to schedule an appointment and I'll make it happen for you. You'll look your best and your finest, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 God, makes want to dance,
0: right? Oh, a, I'm dancing right a, now. Yeah in a 711 touch my nipples <laughs> touch my
2: nipples and dancing wow that he he came through with a big one there i yeah. got to tell you amazing absolutely amazing
0: yeah his um, taquitos by the way his taquitos are out of this world motherfucker are they
2: <laughs> <laughs> now mike i i just we should say i don't know what you want to share about it but there is a little story behind Joe Jinja I had no clue what it was for any of our listeners who don't. I don't know if you want to just give us a little background on this great new oh, sponsor yes. and how he came to us.
0: Listen, we've been we've been a, a, a customer of that Seven Eleven for years out on Colorado Boulevard in Eagle Rock. I believe the cross street is pretty close to Townsend. You can walk there from Aaron's parents' old house. And, uh, you know, we'd get in some shenanigans, do some drinking at the York or do some drinking at the uh, – uh, chalet is what it used to be called and we would head up and grab some bites and we would probably give him a hard time here and there but obviously we we made amends because he really came through with this sponsorship and i'm as surprised as anybody but if you're out there joe jinda uh we love you man and we miss you
2: hope you're uh mm. hope you're still alive i love seeing i love seeing the men's made. it must have been those reach arounds that you gave him behind the counter <laughs> after everybody left you know,
0: they always send me to go do
2: it <laughs> well <laughs> well uh toss the taquitos away because it's time to get serious it's time to discuss our first round playoff matchups
1: oh, i have to tell you about the future i have to tell you about the future
2: all right let's do it we got 2 First round playoff matchups. Of course, Pitts Creek and Jean-Claude Van Ram are enjoying their bye week.
0: Oh, God.
2: (laughs) Let's just jump into it. First one, we're going to start with The Beast taking on Truffle Shuff. The winner of this one goes on to face Jean-Claude Van Ram in the semifinals. Yahoo is currently favoring truffle shuff 120 to 105 obviously uh there's still you know we're still waiting on some injury news still waiting on some lineup tweaks uh that are going to obviously you know change a lot here uh I do see that you have Derek Carr in your starting lineup still which concerns me I'm not mm. going to lie to you but You know, obviously, lots on your plate to deal with over the next couple, well, next couple hours, really, next 24 hours. Ken Walker, do you start him? Do you not? T. Higgins, is he playing? Is he not? And on the other side, Truffle Shuff has, you know, some of those same issues coming up. They've got Stephon Diggs playing in a potential snowstorm against the Dolphins, but Truffle Shuff also has a couple key matchups that are really, really juicy, that Kansas City at Houston. Uh, looks really, really nice. Uh, the Cowboys play in Jacksonville. Should be able to have a big offensive game. He has Tony Pollard and Michael Gallup. Um, I'm not going to give my prediction yet. I want to hear what you have to say about your first-round playoff matchup,
0: Mr. Um, yeah, look, I think, one, I, my name's going to change uh, because okay. that's proven— I'm a little superstitious, and that's proven to be somewhat of a luck charm for myself.
2: I Is it going to be Shuffle Truff?
0: Oh, you, I just don't know. It could be one-eyed <laughs> Willie. Who knows, man? Um, look, I I don't feel great about the matchup. Similarly to my matchup with Tony, I, I think with all the injuries that I got going on, yes, I'm an underdog. Like Rudy Rudiger, uh, does does Rudy Rudiger <laughs> have a second a second game in him? It wasn't shown in the movie, but maybe he does. Here's what I will say, as from more of an analytic point of view, you mentioned Pat Mahomes being a juicy matchup against Houston. Listen. Last week, Houston went up against Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was predicted to get somewhere in like the 27 and a half point range. He ended up with 17 points. I mentioned this last time. Houston's run defense is so bad that although quarterbacks would have success, they don't need to throw the ball and thus they don't choose to throw the ball. After doing some research, uh, when Houston is Houston's against their, the, uh, the opponent's quarterback, they have in fantasy football. Uh, come under projection around 5.86 points. I can live with that. If you drop that from, you take away six points, now it's 114 to 105. That's a little bit easier to overcome. But I don't think Pat Mahomes has as big of a game as people might think. Stephon Diggs, 18 points against Miami, possibly in the snow. Get the fuck out of here. I think his matchups are a little bit more difficult than one might think. I'm most worried about Tony Pollard, I'll be honest. He's the one that I'm most worried about. On my side, am I gonna play Derek Carr? Am I gonna try to find somebody else to play? Uh, I don't know. Is my mom gonna suit up and play football? Because I'd rather play her. Uh, yeah. Who knows, man? And wouldn't we all? What, <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe Kenneth Walker has a big game. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm up against it. I got a big hill to climb. I'm hoping to get there. I don't. I wouldn't put money on myself, but at the same time, nobody would have put money on Rudy. So. Matt, what's your prediction? Let me guess. You're taking trouble shuffle, little
2: Rudy Rosenberg. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I, I know you don't want to tip your hand yet. I, I'm curious to see, you know, obviously what you do at quarterback if you stay, if you stay the course, uh, or if you make a move. I'm curious to see, you know, what you do with Ken Walker. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot up in the air still, um, you know, and obviously what the status is uh of t higgins he was limited in practice yep. wednesday so we'll see so we'll see um <clears throat> all that being said all that being said i i got to give i got to give the edge i'm sorry i, I got I to give it. the edge to truffle Shuffle. it's just it's just there's there's too much there's too many unknowns there's too many unknowns on your side and i, I think it's going to take a real kind of herculean effort you're going to need another one of those You know, Evan Ingram, 33-point games from him or from someone else. You're going to need somebody else to really blow up like that, I think, to match, you know, what Truffle Shuff might get from those two Cowboys guys, from a couple of his Chiefs guys. So um, I I do think that the 120-105 to projection is a little drastic, but yeah, if I... If I was a betting man, I, I'm gonna give a slight edge in this one to Truffle Shove.
0: Well, let me let me just ask you a quick question, Matt. Have you ever heard of USC? And in this scenario, I'm talking about University of Southern California. Who went there? Debo fucking oh shit, he's injured. Okay, oh, you might damn. be right. But R- Debo Samuel <laughs> didn't go to University of Southern California. I mean uh <laughs> Southern Carolina. So Yeah. <laughs> one of the one of the USCs. One of those, one of those USCs. All right,
2: but you—I don't know if I missed it—but you're you're predicting yourself to win,
0: right? I just
2: there's a lot of hand wringing and oh, worry gee, I, there. But um, are you are you predicting a victory for yourself?
0: Listen, I I was kind of avoiding having to make a prediction, but if uh-huh, I must, uh-huh, since uh-huh, you are uh-huh. the uh, executive producer, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm gonna win, and I'm gonna uh-huh. win big.
2: Oh wait, say it one more time. I'm gonna win. We're just my And, hand I'm, in my pants. and okay. I'm gonna
0: win big. <laughs> oh god. We should do it. some ASMR on this thing. I know. I Can know. you hear that? Can you hear that? <laughs> uh, how is that?
2: <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm getting all hot and bothered. Um let's let's end this before things things got out of control. Next <laughs> matchup, first round Socratic seminar taken on the Gaston Father part two two of the highest scoring teams in our league and they don't mind letting you know about it this is going to be a collision course this is going to be two you know two very good two very loaded teams two very good looking guys tall slender slim athletic and their bodies are going to be crashing like the waves on the pacific ocean and something's got to give here something's got to give and 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 this is i love this as a first round matchup should be exciting should be high scoring yahoo obviously uh with you know his stacked roster likes socratic seminar on this one 134 117 i'm looking at it to be quite a bit closer than that though um but i mean look some of the similar weather concerns here. uh There's a there's a couple of key Dolphins and Bills players in this one. Gaston Father has Josh Allen. socratic Seminar has Tyree Kill in the Buffalo defense. In that, you know, again, as we talked about a few weeks ago on Yahoo app, here it's got that snow snowflake icon uh, on the on the website. You never like to see that. That's not a good thing. So. Uh, a snowy forecast is going to definitely limit the offense in this one, uh, but you know, look, uh, Gastonfather—he made a couple moves. He picked up Pierre Strong, uh, who could potentially start this game for the Patriots, which would be a key key move for him. Uh, you mentioned the Texans and the chiefs game. It could be a big Pacheco game though. So, you know, he might, he might step up for Socratic seminar. I'm kind of rambling here. Uh, I have had a lot to drink, but looking at the matchups, I just, I have to give the slight edge to Socratic seminar and the winner of this is going to go on to play me. I'd rather not have to face him in the second round, but, uh, his team is stacked, and even if I think, and I do think, these projections are a little high, uh, I, I do think I do think Socratic Seminar has enough to pull this off. What do you think, Mike?
0: Yeah, I agree with everything you're saying, except I don't think it's going to be – I don't think it's going to be – oh, my God. I'm coughing. Are you okay? Um, yeah, I'm okay. I'm just getting oh a little God. choked up oh talking God. about this. Um, Rudy. <laughs> I'll, I'll be okay. Rudy Rosenberg is okay. Listen, I uh, – Ozzy's team is just like his bench could be most of our starting lineups. Um, his team's going to be tough. I don't think it's going to be a super close matchup. When was the last time Ozzy scored less than 100- 135 points? I don't know, man. It's It's been a while. He's got a really deep, strong, really thrusting kind of team, you know? Mm. Um. Anyways, what I did notice as I'm looking at this, my prediction is Socratic Seminar wins this matchup. But I will say, and I, I I don't know if Ozzy's listening, but when he does choose to listen, J.K. Dobbins is in your IR spot, and he's not allowed to be in your IR spot. You have to drop somebody. Uh, real tough decision, but <laughs> you got to move him out of your IR. I, he's got to move him out of his IR spot and drop somebody because J.K. Dobbins should not be uh, sitting there. Anyways, yeah. Are, you saying, seminar, are yeah. you
2: saying that he should be forced to forfeit the rest of his season for i don't know i don't know Flouting the league rules by keeping a healthy player in the irs but are you saying that he should forfeit this game
0: I, and that he should <laughs> allow
2: the gaston father part two to advance it I'm sounds not, to I'm me not, like that's what you're saying
0: i think he should be given an opportunity to to mm. drop <laughs> young way Well, Ho. he's had over a week mike
2: i mean <laughs> yeah the guy
0: played last sunday true very very true and he played fucking well did you see him my goodness mm-hmm uh mm-hmm. yeah aussie's probably gonna win but look i hope it's close just so that it's a fun matchup to watch the last thing you want is to be sitting there in cabo with your wife because you no. are not yeah. playing and
2: mm-hmm. you check
0: in and you're like oh shit it's a blowout at 10 30 a.m you don't want that you want to have People some kind that.
2: of uh yeah you want to have a sip yeah, on, a martini, have, on, a, on a margarita ah, it's yeah. gonna be nice yeah yeah well you know, I think I think the Gaston father needs one of those like he needs one of those Aaron Jones games. He needs one of those twenty five to thirty point games from Aaron Jones that he's known to have from time to time. He needs he, one he of can, those.
0: He can get it from Devontae
2: Adams too. Get it from Devontae Adams. because uh, that that Cowboys Jags game could be a shootout. Get CeeDee Lammon in. yep. no involved there. So uh there's a possibility it's possible, but he's going to need some really, really huge performances. So, uh, looks like we're on the same page there with our Socratic seminar prediction. And with that said, this is the end of the episode. We have made our playoff predictions for the first week. Uh, we got to just wish everybody who's participating. Good luck. And for those of us on a buy, uh, I'm just going to enjoy our vacation, sip on our margaritas, um, you know, oh. put our thongs on and jump oh, in the water and you know frolic around a little bit.
0: Sounds nice.
2: All right. Well, we will be back next week with our. Uh, I think it's going to be our special Christmas episode. And by the way, Mike, uh, I just want to say before we close off here because the next time we we uh, record our podcast. It'll be December 21st, but on December 18th, and I know that Aaron would never say this to you, so I'm going to be the one to say it. December oh. 18th is the first evening of Hanukkah.
0: Happy Hanukkah. Thank you. And I want to
2: wish you a happy Hanukkah because I've heard that you're Jewish from some people.
0: Some people yeah, to, but if, if it's the small correction, it's actually December 19th is the first mm. day of Hanukkah. Mm. But I appreciate really? the sentiment. Yeah. Well... <laughs>
2: Can't believe you corrected me on Jewish uh, <laughs> Jewish things <laughs> as if you know more than me. Uh, a little website I don't know if you've ever heard of called Wikipedia. Does uh-huh. that Does that ring a bell? Does that ring a bell at all? Wikipedia lists it as beginning on December eighteenth. So yeah, I'll I'll trust I'll trust you over Wikipedia, Mike. Sure, sure.
0: You should you should. It's the first day we celebrate it. Perhaps sundown on December eighteenth. We do uh, it's technically oh, the first day of Hanukkah, but the celebration begins on the nineteenth,
2: you know. I'm Googling it. I, I you know, I'm Googling it right now because
0: Okay, please do.
2: Farmersalmanac.com begins at sundown on Sunday, December eighteenth, twenty twenty two. You're gonna I
0: I'm a bad don't Jew. This. I was I just looking at my calendar. Air,
2: but you're gonna have to um you're gonna have to turn in your Jew card. We're, oh, we're confiscating it oh god and, uh we're gonna have to trade you i think to the christians maybe the catholics we'll see but <laughs> that's okay they're I'll not go gonna to, want you anymore
0: i'll go to tel aviv boulevard and get a fake <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god all right well I think, I think we did a good job here uh, soldiering on without uh, the commish. We got the job done, and we will be back next week to discuss everything that happened this week and look ahead to the playoff semifinals. We'll talk to you then. Dilly dilly.
0: Dilly dilly. We miss you, Aaron.
2: Bye.